0: So, Paul Harvey tells a story. The Butterball Turkey Company set up a hotline to answer consumers' questions about preparing that holiday turkey. One woman called to inquire about cooking a turkey that had been in her freezer for 23 years. The operator told her that, you know, it might be safe if the freezer had been kept below zero degrees for the entire 23 years. But the operator then went on to warn the woman that, you know what, even though it might be safe to eat, the flavors were probably gonna be rather deteriorated, and that she wouldn't recommend eating a 23-year-old turkey. The woman then replied, you know, that's what we thought, so we'll just give it to the church. (laughs) Now, why does that strike us as humorous? Well, we think that's funny. I mean, the understanding here, right? She's not just giving to the church. She's doing what? She's giving to God. So why are you gonna give God your leftovers. Why are you going to give God stuff that's not worth giving to anybody? Stuff that ought to get thrown away. Because the understanding here is what you give is consecrated. What you give is holy. What you give has a purpose to it. And what she was offering to God through the church, nobody wanted to eat it. I mean, it wasn't going to taste good it wasn't going to smell good and you know offerings to god that which is consecrated they ought to taste good and they ought to smell good now do i have any i don't know experts in the book of leviticus here with us today right i got one over here maybe <laughs> well that's one more than i, I cuz i am not okay i get the leviticus like there are times when I go, you know, I'm going to read the Bible from start to finish, and man, I do great in Genesis, Exodus, doing pretty good towards the end. It gets a little bit laborious, but I get into Leviticus, and oh my goodness, it just gets—it's a slog, y'all. It's tough, right, man? And uh, part of it is—I it, it, I don't know—I think it's written by a bunch of lawyers. But I'm going to say, I did something for you. I'm going to give you a gift on this day, okay? Because I don't know if you've actually really researched all the different offerings that we have that come to us from our Hebrew roots, okay, that we find here in Hebrew Scripture. But uh, there are quite a few, and I did the legwork for you, and so I'm going to share just a few of them. I'm going to share all of them, so you're welcome. But I'm going to share some of them, okay? So Leviticus 1.9. It talks about what? This thing called a burnt offering. That was to be an offering to God and when it was properly prepared, the burnt offering was supposed to be a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Then in Leviticus 2.2, it describes this, a grain offering and it was supposed to be properly prepared and that when it was burned, it was supposed to have a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Leviticus 3.5 tells us about this thing called a fellowship offering. And when properly prepared, the fellowship offering would offer a, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Leviticus 4.31 introduces us to this thing called a sin offering. And when properly done, right, properly burned, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Wait, there's a little more. Exodus twenty-nine, eighteen tells us that sacrifices were to be consecrated for the priest for them to serve. And you know what? You got this, I think. It had to be properly prepared and the sacrifice was, was burned and then what? Pleasing. Pleasing aroma to the Lord, right? So, we see a common thread here. Because the point really is straightforward. That which is given to God should be pleasing. It should be a sacrifice. And it should taste good, it should look good, and it should smell good. So, what can we do to make an offering to God to make it smell good? And the answer is this it's got to be appealing to God. And we find the key, really, in today's gospel reading. You know, there was something that was happening in the temple. And that was happening, was appealing to Jesus. He was watching people as they put their money into the temple treasury. Now, it is interesting to note here, God does watch when the plates are passed or when you go to the offering towers, right? God sees these things. I mean, my friends, do you know that in the New Testament, prayer is mentioned 371 times? Love, how many times do you think love is mentioned? Love's mentioned 714 times. What about giving? How often is giving mentioned? 2,162 times. But why should it matter? what we give to God. I mean, isn't it the thought that counts? Isn't it what God ought to be concerned with? Maybe God needs to be concerned with my heart. A fifth grade Sunday school class teacher taught a very important lesson to her class one morning. She bought a freshly baked pan of brownies to class. As the tantalizing goodies sat over on a chair right by her. She then gave each child a slip of paper, and then marked on the paper was a household expense. So one kid had a piece of paper, and on it, it said a house payment. Another one said a car payment, a cell phone bill, credit card bill, entertainment, so forth and so on. The teacher then began to name the expenses, and as that child's expense and had that slip, they would get up and they would go and they'd hand the teacher the slip and then the teacher would cut a brownie out of the pan, a homemade delicious brownie and hand it to the child and they'd go sit down and eat. Finally, the last brownie disappeared. The one boy named Donald still hadn't got to turn his slip in. It was unredeemed. The teacher then called out and goes, oh, I almost forgot our offerings to God. Donald, why don't you come forward? And so he did. And he came forward with this slip of paper. And she, he was kind of hoping that she had a, a brownie hidden somewhere for him. And So he handed her the slip and she didn't have one hidden. So she took her knife And she started to scrape the bottom of the pan. And then she got whatever was there and she took it in the napkin and she pressed it together and she gave it to Donald. And Donald knew that he had gotten a raw deal, right? The teacher went on to say that the brownie represented your money. If you don't give God God's first share then God is only going to get the crumbs or even nothing at all. Now, personally, when I hear this story, you know what I think? I think that was a crummy Sunday school lesson. That was bad, wasn't it? It'll stay with you, though. But, you know, the story illustrates how God must feel with some of the offerings that God receives from us, if God receives anything at all. Instead of getting, giving God our best, making him say, God, you know what? You are so important to me. You are so important to my life. Everything I have, from my family, to the house that I live, to the food that I eat, is a absolute 100% gift from you. I'd like to stand here and say that I'm a self-made man, but that would be an absolute lie. Everything I have has been gifted to me by you. And yet, I'm going to give you crumbs. I'm going to give you whatever's left over. But you know what? God doesn't say to us, you're giving me leftovers, but I still love you. And I'm going to still pour grace and love into your life. I'm going to do it until you come to the realization that I'm a good God, a loving God. And at some point, somehow, some way, transformation is going to take place in your heart and in your mind. You know, there's a story that's also told about crusaders. There were these knights who signed up to go into the crusade. And uh, a lot of them had never been Christian. And so the Pope would take them down to a river. And they would all step into the river. And he would baptize them at once, right? And the understanding here now is they could go fight the Holy War. They could go recapture the land of Jesus. They could do it in the name of Christ. And they had a get out of free hell card is how they had figured this was going. But you know what the other thing they did? When they got down to the river, they pulled their sword out of the water so that they were baptized, but this instrument of violence was not. It was not consecrated to God. My friends, I think that's exactly what we do with our wallets. We get down in the river, we're, we're baptized in the love and in the faith and in the grace of Jesus Christ, and we go, okay, Everything but this. Instead of giving God our best, God gets our crumbs. How, how do you think Donald felt? How do you think? How would you have felt if you had just got crumbs? And then how do you think God feels? You know, maybe it is true. Maybe it is the thought that counts. And so the question then becomes, do you think of God first? Do you think of God second? Or do you think of God last or even at all? Jesus said it best when he said, where our treasure is, there our heart will be also. In our scripture lesson today, Jesus does something else. Jesus tells us what pleases God. Notice that Jesus is more impressed with the widow than with the wealthy. This tell me that God is more impressed with the quality and the sacrifice of our gift than with the quantity of our gift. This poor woman, her offering is all that she has. And for her, this was a true sacrifice. In Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, you know, all those burnt offerings to God, There was an aroma pleasing to the Lord. Why? Because it always came with sacrifice. So what is it about sacrifice that pleases God? You know, God knows that I personally will sacrifice for that which is most important to me. So is God most important to me? If something's not important, guess what? What? I'm not gonna sacrifice, but if it is important, I will make it a priority. There's a story, true story of a crying little girl who stood near a small church for which she had been turned away because it was just too crowded. I can't go to Sunday school, she sobbed to the preacher as he walked by on the sidewalk. The preacher looked at her shabby and her unkept appearance, and he guessed the reason why. And then he took her by the hand and he took her inside and he found a place for her in a very crowded Sunday school class. The child was so touched, she went to bed that night thinking of children who had no place to worship Jesus. Two years later, that child lay dead in one of the poor tenant buildings, and it was the parents who then called the preacher to handle her final arrangements. They told the preacher, as her poor little body was being removed, that there was found in her possession a worn and crumpled red purse, and it looked like she had rummaged that purse out of a trash dump, but inside, she f- they found 57 cents, and there was a note scribbled in a child's handwriting which read, this is to help the little church get bigger so more ch- children can go to Sunday school and worship Jesus. For two years, she had saved for this special offering." And when the preacher read the note, he was just in absolute tears. And he knew instantly what he wanted to do. Carrying this note and carrying that cracked red purse. He got in front of the congregation there in the pulpit and he opened it up and he showed them what was there and he told them the story of this unselfish love and devotion and then he challenged his church leaders to get busy and to raise enough money for the larger building and you know what? They did. But you know the story doesn't end there. A newspaper learned heard of this story, and they, they put it, they published it. It was read by a landowner who offered them a parcel of land that was right in the center of town that everybody had wanted, and he offered it to them for many thousands of dollars. And when the landholder was told that the church didn't have enough money for it, he then said, well, I'll sell it to them for 57 cents. Church members really began to pull together. They made large donations. Checks came in far and wide. And within five years, that little little girl's gift of 57 cents turned into $250,000. My friends, that's a huge sum of money in 1920. Her unselfish love, her sacrificial love had paid huge dividends. And when you are in the city of Philadelphia, look to Temple Baptist Church with a seating capacity of 3,300, and you can also view the education building, which houses hundreds of kids in Sunday school every Sunday morning. And it does so so that no child will ever be left outside. In one of those rooms of that education building, you may be seeing the picture of a little girl with a cracked red purse. And inside that purse is 57 cents. And then alongside her picture is a portrait of her kind preacher the Reverend Dr. Russell H. Conwell, who tells this very story in his own book, Acres of Diamonds. My friends, when you think about God, do you think about God first, or do you think about God last? Because here's the beauty of God's grace. God always thinks of you first.